New Covenant Church, it's a high honor for us today to have uh, Pastor Larry Stock still with us to minister the Word of God. Pastor Larry, would you come this morning? Come on, church. Give, let's give him a Texas welcome this morning, all right? Let's, uh, we welcome you. We honor you today in the house. Amen. God bless you, brother. My pleasure, man of God. I love you, Sam. God bless you, Lee. All right. Thank you. God bless you. You may be seated. It's really, really great to be in the City of Roses today. Just really honored to be here with you guys today and see this beautiful new building. And I didn't realize I'm one of the uh, first uh, guinea pigs to get in this building. And just see, you know, but it's just clean. It's neat. Everything about it. I took the cook's tour uh, this morning, Pastor Sam. Gave me a little bit of a tour, 11,000 feet, all dedicated to the kingdom of God. And I normally don't come through Tyler. I, I drive to Baton Rouge, uh, to Dallas, you know, from Baton Rouge. So I'm up on I-20 and I see the exits. But I think this is really like my first time to like locate in Tyler, Texas. Come on now. And I went out yesterday to Lake Palestine, not Palestine, Palestine. And uh, so I, I now know the correct pronunciation of that word. But uh, just, it's just great uh, to be with you guys. I was privileged to speak at ORU this uh, weekend on Friday morning at Homecoming Chapel. We got some ORU guys back there? Yeah. Hey, and it is Veterans Day weekend. So I spoke on the subject that I'm going to speak to you guys today on honor. And uh, I, feel, I feel like this, this, you know, can change your life. I don't like to just sermonize. I really have no, no desire to do that, pontificate and go hither and thither. But I believe this is, a, this is a word. If you just get this one word kind of bouncing down in your heart and, and, and it's going to come out the other end, the Lord's going to show you some areas you can change in your marriage, with your neighbors, with your family, with your father, your mother, your kids the ministers in the house of God, political leaders. And, you know, it all, it all kind of started uh, last year. I was down in Destin, Florida, which is about our favorite place to go to rest. And I had been preaching a lot. I think I preached 150 times last year. I'm supposed to be retired. I got the tired part right. But <laughs> in fact, I just got back from Asia, 19 days, preached 18 times over there. But anyway, I was tired. I was taking a little nap. How many of you believe in a sanctified nap? You, you, y'all, y'all do those in Texas? I'm sure you do. And um, so when I woke up, uh, you know, Melanie said, man, it has been pouring rain. She said it was lightning like every two or three seconds just flashing and on the beach, we were only about 80 yards from the beach. There was an American flag there. And the next morning, she was telling me about it. She said, Larry, I saw something I've never, I've never seen before. She said, in the height of that storm, when that storm was just, it was raging. I mean, rain blowing sideways and very dangerous. The lightning, you know, when it flickers every couple of seconds, you're either in a tornado situation or hail or something. She said, a man walked out of the, of the condo area, a security guy, he walked up under that flag and she said he stood there and looked up in the, in the lightning, in the rain, rain just pouring off of him. And he put his hand over his heart. And then he threw a salute. 
And then he pulled the pole down. He could bend it and pull the pole down. And he unclipped the flag. Carefully folded it right out, right out in the storm. Put it under his arm. And he, and he marched at attention up under the bottom of the condo area. And I'm sure he put that flag in a very uh, safe, careful place where he keeps it. And she said, I have never seen anything like that in my life. And I, first thing I said, I said, that's a veteran. I guarantee you that's a veteran. And I've now met him. He's a, he's a great guy. When we go back there, I've got a privilege to meet him. I told him I preach about you all over the world, man. His eyes get real big. But you know, that day he demonstrated the word honor. God spoke to me on that, on the porch. Melanie went back inside the condo. He said, I want to, I want to, I want to teach you on the subject of honor. I, and I promise you, I had never thought about it. I'd never preached about it. But he said, I'm going to show you how you can change your nation and bring it back again. And I believe that's what this word is about. Let's pray. Father, we just, we give you honor today. We give you glory. It is a privilege to know you, to serve you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of glory, King of kings. And we just thank you for the spirit of God we feel coming down in this room, even as I begin to just speak about honor. And I think you're going to transform the lives of the people in this church in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, you know, I got thinking right there on the beach just about honor in heaven. And I was reminded the stories, the songs from Revelation 4 and 5, almost every one of them have that phrase, glory and honor, honor and glory. Second Timothy says to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God be honor and glory. Really, almost every song that they sing in heaven has those two words, honor and glory. And the Lord said to me first, he said, honor I have created for man. I want every person to be honored. But he said, glory I have reserved for myself. I never want anyone to touch my glory. Or receive glory. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but you should never allow anyone to glorify you, ever. Because it all belongs to him. Amen? Hey, hi, why don't we do that right now? Let's give him all the glory and the praise. Everybody, thank you, Lord God. Receive the glory, Lord. Thank you, Father. But he said to me, he said, honor belongs to man. He said in, in heaven... The reason we sing about honor is that honor is the invisible gravity that holds everything together in heaven. Here on earth, gravity is a natural physical force that we're all aware of. You're sitting in your chair because of gravity. If, if I turn the switch of gravity off, let's say it was on this table and I had a little switch and I turned it off, well, you'd all start floating up from your chairs like the U.S. space station. You'd, you'd collide with some people. You know, I mean, you, you, you'd be going everywhere. This, this room would turn really into a total chaotic situation because gravity is no longer here. It is invisible. You never think about it very much. But if I scrambled over here and I turned the switch back on, hopefully you'd fall at least in one chair, maybe the one you're in. And we'd have instantly we would have the restoration of order and peace. And he said, honor is the gravity of the kingdom of God. He said, it's in the very atmosphere here in heaven. 
Everyone honors everyone. Everyone honors the Lord. Every, it is all about honor. Now, we've just witnessed about a year and a half of dishonor in our country. Now, I, mean, I mean, like it, it became just the normal thing just to dishonor people. Well, we're going to turn that around. Come on, say amen. And I'm, I'm, I'm exposing that, but I'm also showing you the kingdom of heaven is based upon honor. Now, he gave me some practical applications to that, and I've got about another 30 minutes. I'm going to give these to you. Number one, he told me that I should honor him first above everything as my creator. Now, you know the creator of a thing, Hebrews says, is worthy of more honor than a servant in that house. God and the Lord Jesus created this universe for man, for man to be honored, and for him to be honored. It's sad when a whole university doesn't believe God exists. You know, they're teaching from the goo to you by way of the zoo. I mean, that's a different way to say it, but, you know, they're, they're teaching us that, that we, we are random occurrences and that uh, all that happened was the atoms have come together and collided and colluded and now we're, we're it's us, it's people. Well, you know, I was out there at Lake uh, Palestine yesterday and if I was hanging out over the bridge there where it goes over the lake, waiting for this little, uh, this little iPad to come floating up from the depths of Lake Palestine, well, I could wait for probably about a year. I don't think one's ever going to come floating up. I could wait a trillion years. Because this, this, this is order. This was ordered. This represents an ordered mind. It took an ordered mind to build this. And you, this does not come up by chance. Come on, say amen. This, this tells me, oh no, there's somebody down there that created something. Well, when we look at the human reproductive capacity in the brain and all of the just absolutely amazing systems of the body, not to mention the earth, the ecosystem that keeps us alive and keeps us on the earth and all, we, we, it, it's, it's just absolutely a fool who does not give God the honor and the glory for creating everything. In fact, it says that he's created the stars and they've numbered them now. You know how many it is? It's a septillion. Jethro Bodine, that's a lot of stars. You know, it's one with 24 zeros. And the Bible says he's named them all. He's called them all by name every day. Hey, what's going on number? You know what I mean? He, he, he knows them all. So, so then I, I start thinking, oh, oh, to have a relationship with God is very simple. I honor him and he honors me. You know, in the Bible, 1 Samuel chapter 2, the Bible says that Eli's sons were laying with women, stealing offerings, all of these things dishonoring God. And his, his, their father, Eli, would not restrain them. And a prophet came to him and said, well, that's interesting, uh, Eli. He says, you honor your sons more than you do me. And he said these words. He said, he said, for whoever honors me, I will honor. But whoever dis dis dishonors me or who despises me shall be lightly esteemed. If you trivialize God, he's going to trivialize you. So any relationship I want with God, it is not religious. We, the devil has the substitute of religion making you think you have a relationship with God. But unless you honor him, you do not have a relationship with him. 
In Malachi, you know, they had the religious thing going, bringing their sacrifices every week. But the problem was they were bringing their diseased sheep, their lame sheep. And God asked him, he said, would you bring that to your governor? Would he be okay with the diseased sheep being served at his table? He said, and and then he made this statement, Malachi chapter one and verse six. He made this statement. He said, a son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am a father, Where is my honor? Now, I don't know why I never saw that verse. But the whole book of Malachi makes sense when you realize the switch has got to be on. If the switch is off, you're going through religious rituals that have absolutely no meaning. For he said in verse 14, I'm a great king, says the Lord of hosts. My name will be feared among the nations. Oh, so now now I get it. I see the parentheses that everything to do with God has to be ensconced within. It's it's honor. That's how I know him. He went on to talk to them about their assemblies. He says, your assemblies, you dishonor me in your assemblies. And, you know, pastoring for so many years like I did, 28 years, I would leave the building during the closing prayer so I could shake hands with people, you know, as they were leaving into my amazement. At the service started at 11 and ended at 12.25. People were just checking their kids into the nursery, just arriving for the service that started at 11. And I thought to myself, dude, I hope that benediction really blessed your heart. <laughs> what is that? That's dishonor. They came in their mind. Oh, yeah, I was at church. I was, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, I was at church. But, but they... they, they Would you meet the governor? I met our governor for six years every Wednesday morning, and I was 45 minutes early, man. You're his whole staff. Other governors would be present. You're not going to be late. See, it's, it's a mentality. Oh, oh, I'm meeting with God. The first day of the week, that, that's what church is. Yeah, I'm going to be there. I'm going to get my family there. I'm, it, it's the most high God. And then prayer. Put, put the parentheses around prayer of honor. The Lord wakes me up. He woke me up early this morning. And I, I don't set an alarm. He just he wakes me up sometime 4.30, sometime 5 o'clock, sometime a little bit later. But it's like he just nudges me and says, hey, I, I, I'd, like, I'd like some time with you. Really? The, the creator of the whole universe is nudging me, w- wanting to spend time with me? Hello. I think I can manage to fit that in my schedule. How about you? So I go in my backyard, and it's like that beautiful East Texas sky I saw last night. No light pollution, man. I'm looking up at the stars. And I get on my knees. We have a swimming pool, and I get on the deck there, and I just say, oh, my goodness. I honor you. You are just God. How can I? And I give him the first of my day. I don't read emails. I don't read text messages first. I don't watch CNN, constantly negative news. I don't don't watch that. (laughs) I don't want anything in my mind first. I want God to be first. First in my week in worship. First in my day in prayer. And then, of course, Malachi talked about the tithe. He says, for you're you're robbing me. You've taken my tithe and my offering. And and, and here's the parentheses that you put that in. It's not religion. Tithing is not religious. Tithing is honor. And here's a verse that proves that. Proverbs chapter 3. They'll put that up for me. It says, honor the Lord with with your wealth. 
And with the first fruits, now that, that's the tithe. The first fruits was the first 10%. God said, honor me with that. Oh, 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 I'm getting it now. With the first fruits of all your produce, then your barns will be filled with plenty. In other words, you're, you're, you're not going to come out on the short end of the deal. Your vats will be bursting with wine. Well, why didn't somebody tell me that? I always was thought, thought that the tithe was kind of a duty. And some people go for this bargain tithe, you know, 7% or whatever. I, that, that, that's such a lack of understanding. How many of you realize God does not need your tithe? He doesn't need your tithe. I don't care how much it happens to be. He can create anything he wants or needs. All he's doing is giving us an opportunity to show him our honor. Oh, like those wise men that crossed the desert to kneel before a little manger and give gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They were honoring God. The king, like the woman that brought her year's salary of canal number five perfume or whatever it was, I don't know. A year's salary. And she poured the whole thing on the head of Christ. And of course, one guy said, what are you doing? What are you doing? This, 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 this could have been sold for the poor. She said, no, no, no. Jesus says, she, she, she's honored me. See, the, when I taught my son Joel to tithe, and by the way, the pastor hadn't paid me to preach on this. I'm, I'm giving you the word of the Lord. I gave Joel 10 pennies. I said, Joel, this is all your money right here. He looked at it. He was about four. And then I moved one of the pennies down to the end of the table, leaving him nine. I said, now that is your tithe. That, that belongs to Jesus. He wrinkled that little brow and he put that little finger down there and he moved three more pennies down there on the Lord's end. And I said, no, 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 Joe, you didn't understand. Only one belongs to the Lord. He said, no, no, daddy, Jesus doesn't have enough on his end of the table. See how simple it is for a child to honor God? But when we multiply those zeros in our big salaries, that's when it gets difficult. It's not for me. If the Lord said 20%, I say, amen, Lord. See, my dad was a veteran in World War II in North Africa. Lost as a goose in a hailstorm. I mean, very, very lost. They had to clean his teeth three times from the wine stains when he came back home from World War II. But you know, my daddy, a German plane was strafing a highway there in North Africa, coming with bullets. And he found a four-inch little sapling tree in just a moment, a second or two. And he jumped behind that tree. Now, that's not much cover. And he said, God, if you'll spare my life, I'll tithe to the First Baptist Church in Picayune, Mississippi. <laughs> That's the hub of the universe, by the way. You didn't know that. Boop, 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 boop. Here go the bullets. And Daddy checked himself. No holes. So he started tithing. And I think it was a dollar a week or something like that. Very meager soldier's rations and payment. But when he got out of the military... He went to the First Baptist Church to see what all that money he'd been sending had built, which was almost nothing. But he got saved that day. God called him to preach Ephesians 4.11. He didn't even know that was in the Bible. He had to look it up in the index. And God called him. He gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. I'm standing up here in front of you in Tyler this morning because of a tithing father 
who honored the Lord. Come on, let's give Jesus praise. That's right. The second thing he told me, he says, I want you to honor people who are in authority. You know, in Romans, it says the powers that be are ordained by God. The powers that be, those that are in political offices, judges, police officers. Now, we got all kind of crazy things going on right now. People in our nation no longer understand authority. They are completely confused. Why should I honor this person? Why should I change it, honor them over anybody else? Well, here's, here's what the veteran on the beach taught us that day. Look past the object to what the object represents. It wasn't a flag flailing on the beach. It represented hundreds of thousands of soldiers that had been overseas on our part and thousands that never came home. So when we look at a political leader, and I don't care for Washington. I mean, I've been so frustrated. I feel like if the Lord would just tilt the whole thing toward the Atlantic, it could slide off in the Atlantic. And dude, we would really be better off. You understand what I'm saying? I, I get it. I get that. But, but then the Lord, on that day on the beach, he said, you, you need to remember Peter's words in 1 Peter chapter 2, where he said to honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. I'm going to come to that first phrase in a minute. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. And look at that last phrase. Honor the emperor. The emperor was Nero, A.D. 64. The worst Caesar in Roman history. Do you know that he was killing Christians by putting, covering them with pitch tying them to poles and fixing the poles in his gardens. And at night, he would ride naked in his chariot with his homosexual lover at his side with Christians burning overhead, lighting his way. Honor the emperor. You don't have a politician entitled to that bad. Trust me, I'm telling you. So what we're seeing is that Peter was teaching us that we look past the individual, his failures, his mistakes, his wrong policies, his wrong positions, and I can disagree with those things. In fact, I can vote them out. I can even run for their office. I, I authorize you to do that. If you would like to replace them, go, just go run for their office and replace them. Or you can send them an email or you can protest. You, there's many things you can do that maintain honor for that individual. See, Tuesday when Donald Trump was elected, well, see, I was prepared to honor, honor either one. If Hillary Clinton was elected or Donald Trump, you know, I know who I voted for. But if one of them, whichever one won, I was going to honor. You know, our, our society was taught from its inception as a country to honor judges. When they walk in, they say, all rise before your honor. What, what, what's that all about? It's because they look past the person to the position that they occupy. Number three, the Lord told me that day on the beach, he said, I want you to honor people who lead the church. You may have never heard this verse, 1 Timothy 5. It says that we are to let the elders, elders are five-fold ministry people, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. Let the elders who rule well. Now, would you stop there? Because if a person does not rule themselves well, they have all kinds of habits and, and issues about their own life. 
or they don't rule their family well. The Bible says if a man does not rule his own family well, how can he rule the church of God? Or if he, he doesn't rule the house of God well, he's not a pastor to them and, 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 and helping them through their crisis and all of that. It says, but if they rule well, let them be considered worthy of, everybody say the next two words, double, double honor. The only place in the New Testament or the whole Bible that that word, not just honor, but double honor. You say, well, he didn't preach too good last Sunday. It, it doesn't have anything to do with that. It's a position that they're occupying, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. And by the way, preaching is very labor intensive. I know some of you are saying, well, I wish that's all I had to labor to do every week is 30-minute message. But I'm told that when I preach an hour, I burn enough calories in my brain for eight hours of work. So I did three services for many years, four, led all the worship. Brother, by the end of that weekend, I didn't want to see another Christian for a couple of days. I wanted to find me a couch somewhere and just recuperate myself. So yes, it is, it is hard work. And the scripture teaches us that we are to show honor and not only honor, but double honor. Now, I just had to come to Tyler, Texas this morning to show honor the two people that began this work 14 years ago, little tiny work. I think it was out there at Lake Palestine. <laughs> little tiny thing, but now 14 years later, all their families involved here with them. And they've just completed this new facility and it's a testimony to the kingdom of God. But more than that, they have a testimony. No one in this city, no pastor says anything against this this pastor and his wife. They're not the flashiest people in the world. They don't try to be. But they live godly and holy and pure and clean. And I came to show double honor to Pastor Sam and Yvette Fisher. Could you join me today in doing that? God bless you, man of God. Oh, come on, everybody. Let's show them double honor today. may be seated. Sam, you're a good man. You're a good man. I hadn't known you very long, but I already know you're a good man. Full of the Holy Ghost and faith, just like Barnabas. You're an encourager. You've encouraged everybody in here. You walk in a room and everybody gets encouraged. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. So see, hey, what's wrong with that? We just show double honor. And by the way, the word honor there is a financial term. We get our word honorarium from that word. Yes, yeah, so yeah. He's recompensed for what he does. He needs to be. And anything you can do to show them double honor, God will bless you. Come on, say amen. amen. The fourth thing that I learned is I honor my wife. I need a better amen, man. You know, Melanie and I in May were married 40 years. That's the number of testing and probation. We have passed the test. We're going to make it. That dear lady, two weeks after I was married, I jerked her to Africa as a missionary for two years. No electricity, no running water, a good bit of that time. She never complained one time. We've had six children now, five boys and a girl. They're all five, all six are married. I got the last one married in April. They're all in the ministry with us right there at Bethany. All of them involved with us. In fact, my second son is now my pastor. 
And you know, I just, I just want to honor Melanie because I, I actually I believe it was her. She homeschooled them all. She's cooked us 10,000 meals. 10,000 chicken and dumplings and, and come on, red beans and rice. Yeah, that's right. She's a honey. And you know what? Here's a verse for you guys. 1 Peter 3 and verse 7 says, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. Now, I did see a woman in Kazakhstan on TV, deadlift almost 500 pounds. That is not a weaker vessel right there. How many of you men are glad you married to a weaker vessel like me? Oh, yeah. The weaker vessel, notice, since they're heirs with you of the grace of life. In other words, you can look past her frailty, her weakness. She occupies a position in the kingdom of God. She's an heir with you so that your prayers may not be hindered. Now, brothers, learn the lesson of this verse. Peter was married. We know he had a mother-in-law. You don't have a mother-in-law unless you're married. He, he understood the principle that if I dishonor my wife, I can pray, I can fast, I can clap, I can come to church, I can tithe, but my prayers are hindered. I'm like the guy that was using a power saw and thought it wasn't working too good, but it was unplugged at the wall. Your, your prayers are hindered. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to treat my wife like the queen that she is. You know, I watched a special on Queen Elizabeth. Queen Elizabeth became queen at 25. They put a crown on her head that was nothing but diamonds and rubies and jewels. She wore a dress of solid gold thread, a little 25-year-old girl. And then they put a mace in her hand. The diamond was the size of a tennis ball. Brother, that little thing you gave your wife when you got married, don't be too <laughs> proud of it. But she's been honored now 65 years. She has not had a driver's license for 65 years. She's been chauffeured everywhere she goes. She comes to the car to a door. Grown men break their neck to get the door open in front of the queen, helping her into the car and closing the door behind her. And on her 60th anniversary as queen, they took her throne and they, with her in it and set her down on the banks of the River Thames in London and a thousand ships sail past her in her honor. They dressed in white. They saluted a little woman on a chair. God spoke to me that day in the Tower of London. He said, you treat your wife like this, like a queen, she will treat you like a king. So from that day forward, when Melanie walks in the room, I stand up. Come on, brothers. I mean, if she wakes up first thing looking like an astronaut, that don't matter. <laughs> That's my wife. She, I, I, I put her in a position in my mind. I open every door in front of her. I see some of you guys, you open the door, you let it fall on your wife. You need to stop doing that. Amen. Don't walk 10 feet in front of her waving to all the adoring masses of people everywhere. <laughs> you walk with that lady. You're her escort. And when you get out in the church parking lot today, I want you to walk around her side of the car. I want you to open the door. And when you pick her up off the parking lot, <laughs> help her in the car. Close the door. 
straighten your little jacket and go sit in there and get get her home. Now, ladies, you're excited right now, aren't you? You're, 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 but remember, that's the seventh verse. You see that? The first six verses of that chapter are written to women. And they say that you should honor your husband even if he's not saved, that he may be one as he beholds the honoring and respectful behavior of his wife. You say, well, my husband, he's not spiritual. My, my husband, he, he doesn't know the Lord, or he's not as spiritual as I am. You're not respecting or honoring him, but actually you're, you're, you're missing the point. Look past the dear brother to the position he occupies. The Bible says he's the head of your marriage. So you ask him to put out the garbage. He said, yeah, I'll do that. You go to the store grocery shop and you come back and there the car, the, the, the truck is passing your house. The can is not on the street. You pull in, carload of groceries, open the door, call his name. He never appears. You just take bag after bag after bag and finally you're all through. You're pretty steamed up by that time. So you go through the kitchen. You're looking for him. You don't see him. You go down the hall. You don't see him. And finally you notice he's over there in the living room, sound asleep, on the couch with a remote control in his hand. His mouth is wide open. His belly's hanging down, touching the floor. And the thought comes into your mind, look at what I married. He's pitiful. Look at him. I, I, I could do life easier without him. He's like a big baby. Look, and all these thoughts will, listen, ladies, we're going to make hundreds of more mistakes as the leader of your family, but that is not what honor is all about. Honor is in your mind, in your mind, elevating a person to a position that they belong. And that has to do with your parents I'm going to land this plane in about five minutes because I'm honoring the pastor. But I honor my parents. My 97-year-old dad just went to be with the Lord. He was living with me. I was bathing, shaving, and clothing him every day. And he would say, Larry, I, you're too busy for me to, do, to be here. I, I, I can't do that. I said, Papa, you gave me life. You started our church. You put me in the ministry. It's my honor. He's the same age as Billy Graham. I've often thought, what if Billy Graham was in that little apartment? How would I be taking care of him? It's a position that he occupied. If you haven't called your parents in a long time, I highly recommend, if you want to live a long time, call them and say, is there anything you need? Well, they were abusive to me. I understand that. that. That's so harsh. It's so hard to know that it's true. But at the same time, you, you're honoring a position that they're in. The Bible says your days will be long on the earth if you honor your parents. I honor my children. My children are all grown and gone. I don't control their lives. I don't dishonor them. I don't walk right in their home and go straight to their pantry and get whatever I want. And, and now my second son has become the pastor of Bethany. And, and you know what? I spanked him at least 200 times in his life. I know him. But I look past Jonathan to the position that he occupies. I call him pastor. That, that's strange, isn't it? 35-year-old, I'm 63. Yes, he changed positions with me. He entered into an office. If he were governor, I'd call him governor. So see, it's, this is a mentality. And then finally, it says to honor all people. 
I have people in my church that are illiterate. One of them, she's 85. She's always telling me her ailments, her sicknesses, her problems. And I don't even know what she's talking about. One time she told me her friend was eaten up with apparatus. And I didn't know what she's talking about. It was arthritis. One time she told me, she said, that was the best message I've ever heard. She said, I'm going to go buy the BVD copy of that. That's an underwear line, by the way. That's... One time she told me, she said, Brother Larry, she said, I need you to pray for me. I said, what is it, Sister Craft? She said, my satanic nerve is really bothering me. If you've ever had that, you know that's a pretty good description. I could go on and on about Sister Craft, but you know what? I honored her at 85. She went to be with the Lord, full of the Holy Spirit, leading a small group. I could tell you a lot about pastoring, but I'm going to close with this one illustration. I was in Lagos, Nigeria, meeting my team, the Surge team. We've planted many thousands of churches there in West Africa. In fact, we're buying motorcycles there now, and one pastor's planting 10 churches with it. One guy planted 46 churches with his motorcycle. So I was assembling that team in Lagos, Nigeria, and I invited a man to come who helped me 40 years ago when I was a missionary there. Moses Ewo. I said, Moses, we're going to be in this real nice hotel. I want you to come and be in the meeting. So he shows up, took public transportation, 600 miles. So after the meetings, he was going out of the hotel lobby. I said, Moses, where are you going? We have two more days of meetings. He said, well, I can't, I can't stay in this hotel. I don't have the money to do that. I said, well, I got a big room up there. I'll just put your rollaway bed in my room. You come stay with me. And he lit up real big. Well, the next morning, Moses was on his knees. Must have been 5 o'clock when I woke up. He was already on his knees, had his Bible open. And then I went to breakfast. I didn't disturb him. I came back. He was still there. I went that afternoon. I went to go see this building that seats a million people. Christian, big tabernacle seats a million people. I come back after lunch, about 2 o'clock, Moses is still on his knees with his Bible. Now, here I am, God's man of faith and power for the hour. <laughs> Moses has had a young child raised from the dead in his ministry, his miracle ministry. So many miracles and demon possessions being cast out of people. His yard is full of people when he returns from a trip. And I'm, I'm God's man of faith and power trying to get the common cold healed. But everybody knows who I am. Can I talk to you about honor? I honor the other nations of the world. The Brazilians, the Russians, the Chinese, the Africans. That's why we've planted these 23,000 churches. We believe in the other cultures. And we can change our nation. Everywhere I go now, I'm showing honor I showed honor to a young boy at Walmart a couple weeks ago. He stacking carts out in there. I passed him, went into the store, and the Lord said to me, he said, go back and honor that young man. I got some money out of my wallet, put it in my hand. I introduced myself to him and said, I just want to honor you for what you're doing. You've got a job. You're working. And I just want to thank you. And I put that money, we call it a Pentecostal handshake. And when he felt that money... <laughs> In his hand, a big smile broke out. We can change our nation again. 
if you just start showing honor to everybody. Everybody. You say, well, I don't like them very much. Well, don't worry about who they are. They're in the image of God. You, you think in your mind of the position they occupy and watch. Watch God change your marriage, your family, your in-laws, your outlaws, everybody. <laughs> See the power. This is, we're going to get that switch turned back on again. Amen. This is a house of honor. And you honor everybody in Tyler that walks through those doors. Amen. Amen. Now just close your eyes. I'm done.